0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschall from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. I would like you all to stand as I pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your direction. Thank you for your vision. Thank you for what you've called us to do. May we walk according to your purpose. May we be in line with your perfect will, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And everybody said, amen. Just give someone a big hug around the neck and have have your seats. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. The next big move will not happen unless we connect to the source. Can you say, unless we connect to the source? In this message, I am going to cover Yahweh's original intent for you. Yahweh's original intent for you. I'm going to cover the the winds of doctrine that we have embraced, false winds of doctrine, and the ancient paths that Yahweh desires that we return to, and that is our next big move: returning to the ancient paths that Yahweh has requested for us to walk in. So Yahweh's. Anyway, take your Bible. Pick your real but Who has a real Bible today? A real Bible. <clears throat> Not a phone Bible or an iPad Bible, an electric Bible. Because if they turn the plug off, you won't be able to read it. And if some naked lady pops up on your phone, I think there's a distraction happening. So, I want you to take your Bibles out because we're going to circle, underline, highlight, take notes because this is the next big move. In much of the research that I have done, there's a location spoken about which, to this day, has supposedly not been really discovered. It's defined as a spot of glory, a moment in time, it's the Garden of Eden. What many people have believed is a geographical location is actually the manifest presence of God. His glory. Everybody say His glory. Like I've said before, a fish was made by God to live in water. A tree was made by God to live in soil. Man was made by God to live in glory. Take the fish out of water, what happens? Take this tree out of the soil, what happens? Take man out of the presence of God, what happens? He dies. And when this began, he was in the 900-year-olds. Now, how old are people today? The expectancy is 70, 80? We died because we came out of the presence of God in the Garden of Eden. But Jesus Christ said... The glory, God, that you have given me, I've given them, that they may be one. The glory you've given me, the presence you've given me, I've given them, so they may be one. So in other words, he has restored to us his manifest presence that we may live. And that is our next big move, to stay, remain, and be corporate in the manifest presence of our God, our praise. The enemy, more than any other created being, understands that living in the glory is what God wants us to do. Because he was the anointed cherub that covers. You can read about it in Ezekiel 28. If you want to understand Satan, the devil, Lucifer, the enemy, read Ezekiel 28. So he lived in the manifest presence of God before he was cast out of heaven. He deceived Adam and Eve into falling from the glory and continues to pervert and deceive us from God's plan and purpose for our lives. True to his covetous nature, he determined that if he could not partake of the glory, no other creature would. (coughs) So let's look at what happened to Adam and Eve. God formed Adam and Eve. God formed Adam. Adam and Eve but then the enemy came because of his covetousness his jealous his jealousy his greed his anger his resentment his bitterness then he misinformed Eve and said if you eat of this fruit you'll be okay and then as a as a creation we became deformed malformed uninformed and we conformed to the uninformed malformed deformed, misinformed and we created our own interpretation of who God is or is not. But we've been instructed not to be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans 12, to 2. Open your Bibles, your real Bibles to Romans 12, to 2. Romans 12, 1-2. Now get this. I feel like Paul, because he says, I urge you, brethren. I urge you. Everybody say, urge. Do you know what that means? I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and Holy, holy sacrifice. Acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. That is your next big move. To present your body a living sacrifice. I heard one preacher talk about, well, we don't need altars anymore because that was for blood sacrifices. No, the Bible says, if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that somebody has some odd against you, go to them. Bring your gift to the altar. Present your bodies at the altar. A living and holy sacrifice. You are the sacrifice. Not a blood sacrifice, but a worship sacrifice. Because there's two times to praise God. When you feel like it and when you... When you win. When you don't. Say don't. When you don't. Say don't. How many of you don't feel like it? Have you ever come in here and don't feel like praising God? Every single one of you, including me. It's not about feelings. It's about command and obedience. To obey is better than sacrifice. But we're to present our bodies a living and holy sacrifice of worship. So we do according to obedience and knowing the truth, not how we feel or even what our personality is. Oh, I, some of the guys say, oh, but it's for the women and the children. <laughs> so do not be, in verse two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Good, acceptable, and perfect. It's not either or, not good or acceptable or perfect. No, it's all of the above. The will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. And you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not be conformed. And many of you actually are conformed to the ways of this world. And you're conformed to feeling like you don't want to worship, so you don't. But I can tell you that there is freedom today as we understand our next big move. So, you see, urge is to admonish. It's an exhortation, an entreaty. God has placed in me a desperate cry to help us understand His way, especially in worship. And holy which is what we read, is the word hagios. Can you say hagios? Which means set apart, revered, sacred, worthy of veneration. His way, according to 1 Peter 1, 6, he says, be holy for I am holy. 1 Peter 1, 6, if you have any doubt about what God wants you to be, holy. He says in 1 Peter 1, 6, be holy for I am holy and I shall be treated as holy because I am holy and you be holy too. How do you be holy? Does holy mean no makeup, a bun, wearing a robe that covers your entire being, (coughs) not having any fun, not smiling, not telling a joke? Holy does not mean bored. God is anything but boring. But it means set apart. How do we know you're a Christian if you're walking down the street? Are you set apart? Revered, sacred, worthy of veneration. You know, I'd like to do a little bit of housekeeping right now. I want to put things in perspective here. You know, we have two hours on a Sunday morning, approximately two hours, of time with God. Father God, Holy God, Holy Yahweh. We have time, two hours and we have time for corporate worship to allow God to minister to us in a corporate setting. It is crucial that we prioritize this time. In order to keep in line with the time allocated for our worship, there has been an instruction for the doors to be closed at around 9:15, giving the people who have come an uninterrupted unri- time of worship. People say, Well, how can you close the doors and keep us out of the presence of God? Well, how can you come late and disrespect God and the people who've come on time? At the same time, the service of worship is taking off. I've seen people just so involved in the presence of God and getting answers for broken homes, for 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 issues of finance that they can't cope, or things that they're not able to do healing. And then I see somebody come and push him aside and tromp on their toes to try to get to the seat next to him. He my way Jean for sure. You see, if you were on a plane and you are catching a plane, if you were catching a plane and you came 10 minutes late, would you be angry because the pilot didn't wait for you? No. But we are taking off into the heavenlies of worship in time where we connect with our Father God. It's the same. If you miss it, you miss it. You know every Sunday is the same time. Doesn't change. At this point in time, we're not changing yet. So come. Come on time. And not only that, but come sit closer to the front. Because when we leave the front open and that people can only sit in the front, then they interrupt the service. Can you be a little bit more diligent and understanding? We've had people shouting their heads off. They're 20 minutes late, and they're shouting their heads off. Why didn't you wait for me? Why did? Blah, 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 blah? No. Why didn't you come early on Saturday? On Saturday night, set your alarm for earlier. Make your make your porridge. <laughs> Get up and make your porridge earlier. <laughs> Catch an earlier combi. Organize yourself this is not this is not about you it 's up to you <coughs> so i 've been asked to make this announcement several times because the poor ushers who understand and we understand here that the presence of God needs manifested, but he can be interrupted by your tramping down the aisle or Fighting with somebody at the back because you want to come in when they've closed the door, so that the anointing could be manifest. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Who hears me? Who hears me? So let it be. God is more important and he deserves more respect than a plane ride. But you wouldn't be late for your plane. The only way for our minds to be renewed is to be filled with the Word of God and to allow His doctrine to be our bedrock. Failure to do this makes us susceptible to falsehood, treacherous lies, and winds of doctrine. Turn with me to Ephesians 4. Winds of doctrine there are so many winds and so many voices around you right now you don't know what to believe you don't know how to believe it yes but he's a good guy and he said this and well she's a really great woman and she said this and they did this and they did that but it's got to line up with the word of god because it isn't about them it's about him it's about him and what does he say Ephesians 4, 11 through 14. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. Look at your neighbor and say, for the equipping of you, if you're a saint. <coughs> for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, And the knowledge of the son of god to a mature man and to a measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of christ how many of you believe you are mature how many of you really believe you are mature ask your neighbor am i mature until we all attain to the unity of the faith so there will be direction there will be instruction there will be command to help you attain to the unity of faith because you're here for two hours, but you leave. And what do you hear? Who's speaking to you? Who is talking to you? What are you watching? You'll see we'll talk about that in a minute, okay? Don't get me started yet. I I, I it's coming and coming. Anyway, as a result, we are no longer to be tossed, no longer to be children. Tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery, the trickery, say trickery, the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. And you've seen, if you've seen any of my messages, which I trust you have, and if you haven't, you need to get them, which I'll talk to you about in a minute. (laughs) By trickery, you have been deceived into believing lies. To understand this depth, go home and read the rest of Ephesians 4. Read the rest of Ephesians 4. But let's look at Proverbs 14. Turn with me to Proverbs. Is in the middle of your Bible. <coughs> the middle of Proverbs. 14, verse 2. 12. You need to know this, where it is. Proverbs 14, verse 12. Say Proverbs 14, verse 12. <laughs> there is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Can you read that to me, with me? There is a way which seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. Colossians 2.8, look at that. Turn with me to Colossians 2.8. I don't hear pages turning. Uh Uh-huh. Colossians 2.8. You need to see it. You need to hear it. You need to smell it. You need to write it with your hand. I have an education degree, and I know that unless you see and hear and smell and taste, it's harder for you to absorb. You hear, you forget. You see, you remember. You do, you become. You hear, you forget. You see, you remember. You do, you become. So you take your, you take your pen, and you circle, and you underline, in your real Bible, and you become. But if you just flip it on your phone and go, oh, that's nice, and you turn it off, and then you get a phone call from your friend and your shamwari, hello, you forget. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me so blankly, but that's alright. Colossians 2:8. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy, empty deception. According to the tradition of men, say tradition of men. Tradition of men, what's trending, what's popular, what's happening, how we should eat, how we should drink. The tradition of men according to the elementary principles of the world rather than Christ. 1 Timothy 4.1, look at 1 Timothy 4.1. But the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. In latter times, some will fall from the faith. Look at your neighbor. Is this one falling from the faith? Paying attention. To deceitful spirits, doctrines of demons. You know, even in our daily reading this week in in Matthew 15, Jesus said, Your traditions have made void the Word of God. You follow your traditions more than God's Word. You hypocrites. Traditions of men. Invalidating the Word of God. And it wouldn't be deceived... If you, didn't, if you knew you were deceived. You see, if you were deceived, you wouldn't know that you're deceived because then you wouldn't be deceived. Because deception is something that you don't know that you have because that means you're deceived. Because you're deceived, you're deceived, and you can't see, you're deceived. And you don't know that you're deceived. I know. Deceived. Look at your neighbor. Do they look deceived? I Recently, I came across an artist named Keisha. Do you even know that artist, Keisha? Who knows Keisha? Her new album is called Rainbow. She was very popular about four years ago, apparently, but went through various legal battles, including contractual disagreements and sexual abuse. She apparently lost these battles and went into hiding, but has recently reappeared. And a supposed message of hope and inspiration with a supposed supposed message of hope, inspiration, and prayer. Look at this.
1: But like one of the stories, there's a song called Spaceship, and I was in Joshua Tree totally sober. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me preface. (laughs) Okay. That's completely That's a big deal, by the way. uh, No, it's not a big deal, but I think people would be like, oh, she was, like, on acid or something. (laughs) I wasn't. I was on nothing. I was a totally sober Sally, just lady in the desert. Look up in the sky, and there's a bunch of spaceships. I swear to God, there were like five to seven, and I don't know why I didn't like try to take a picture of it. I just looked at it. I was sitting on a rock, and I was like, "Well, what in the is that?" It just looked like little little balls of fire in the sky, and it's so cliche. But I like I looked it up after that because I was like, "Is someone just..." messing with my head right now. I literally like was like, was there like a fake alien spaceship (laughs) situation in the desert? Like I looked up everything because I thought someone was just like, there must have been some sort of explanation. And after that, I was like, okay, so that's been a huge running theme on this um, album. Like the cover of my album has a bunch of spaceships. It like really hit me where I was like, wow. It's real. Like there is something out there.
0: She speaks with conviction about seeing UFOs and having an alien encounter. The millions following her on social media may not even be aware that as they listen and respond to her, they're actually subscribing to this alien doctrine. The seed of alien intervention is a deception which is diabolically opposed to our Father God, Yahweh. According to the polls, 80 million Americans, about a third of the population, believe in the existence of aliens. I'm going to tell you right now, aliens are a deception. Tell your neighbor, she said aliens are a deception. On a side note, the belief in alien invasion and beings populating Uh, other planets and is part of a new world order propaganda to force us into a one world government, a one world currency, and a one world religion. I've taught this in previous messages, which you need to get. The intention is that we all join together to protect ourselves from these aliens, or we join together to welcome them. Don't take her word for it. don't take her word for it, do your own research. Well done and well remembered. Do your own research. (laughs) And this is where I want you to do your own research on everything from medical history, everything from from uh, certain medicines to vaccinations everything from the flat earth to the globe earth everything from the governments to the new world order do your own research and do not be deceived in researching Keisha, I came aware that many more new artists of the same inclination are being introduced on the entertainment scene and our children are being indoctrinated by this perversion an abomination and dissension desensitization to the evil. I've even noticed many young people driving around the celebration center with certain music blaring out of their cars, and they don't even realize what they're listening to. If you're a parent, please stand up. Okay, now listen to me. Stay standing unless you don't know any of these people I'm talking about. If you're a parent, please remain standing if you know at least one of these people. Big Sean. Chain smokers. Young M.A. Excuse me, excuse me. She's a 20-year-old born female, but living as a man. DJ Marshmallow. Kendrick Lamar. What? What Wati. Eddie Shirin. Shirin? Shirin. Travis Scott. Hey! If you know, wait, wait, wait! If I'm not done reading the names, you might know people. So I'm not done. The weekend, future, a genre called trap music. Trap music originated from the drug culture. A trap is a drug house. So trap music comes from drug houses. Ray s- Srimmerd. Srimmered. Ray Srimmerd. Ray Srimmerd. Okay, this is actually drummer's ear backwards. Drummer's ear. For the most part, when you see something backwards or upside down, it's a diabolical symbol of Illuminati, Satanic, or Luciferian worship, which is boldly put in our faces to mock God and to advertise and mark the enemy's territory. They want you to know they're in charge. Or they think they are. That's why we say, on earth, thy kingdom come, on earth as it is in heaven on earth as it is in heaven, and they'll say, as above, so below. It's backwards. It sounds okay, but when you really know the intent and reality of it, you make a different decision. According to God, the purity and the holiness of our Father God. A song called Despacito. Okay, now, why are we laughing at Despacito? (coughs) It's a problem. So all of you knew something, somebody, if that's the case, then these are the artists that most kids are listening to, or many kids are listening to, at least across the world, maybe not in Zimbabwe yet. But if you're still standing, you know more than most parents, because... Now you are better positioned to recalibrate and reset your children in the right direction. I'll show you in this message what your next big move should be. Garapaz. Tatenda. The producers of this music, they're aware of the negative ramifications, so they put the onus on you by putting an age restriction. But this too, however, is a deception because they know the kids will never submit their purchases, downloads, and internet internet usage to you. Your obsolete parents. It's important to note that there is more subliminal material hidden in a PGa-rated product than there are blatantly exposed in X-rated products, such as uh, "Stupid Dad." There's a "Stupid Dad." There's divorced parents, sexual innuendos. You know that kids are addicted when they immediately defend the artist. Have you ever gone to your kid and say, mm, I'm not so sure about uh, <coughs> Ray Drummond's, Ray Smyrland, or whatever his name is. And he, no, 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 he's fine. He's a good guy. I know. I'm sure he's a Christian. I'm sure he believes in Jesus, you know, because I heard him talk about Jesus. And I, I heard him say prayer in one of his, one of his, one, one of his songs. Right there, that is an addicted child. You, you don't even know that person. Have you ever even been this close? Do you know if he has bad breath? Do you know if he, if he, do you know if he has a wife or children or if, you don't know what he adheres to? Do you know what he does after hours? Do you know how much drinking he does, how much smoking? Do you know anything about this person and yet you'll defend him to your parent who born to you And to your pastor who cares about your soul. This guy doesn't even know you. He doesn't give a rip about your soul. About your head. About your heart. About anything. And we need to get that in perspective. Because music, I've preached this before, has the power to manipulate, control, and mind control you. The Lord commanded us that the doctrine which he passed on from generation to generation should be the praise of his works and declaration of his mighty acts. Psalm 145, verse 4. 145, verse 4. Psalm 145, verse 4 says, and I'd like you to read it with me. Open your Bibles quick to Psalm 145, verse 4. 145 verse 4 says, One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. Generation, are you praising His works to your next generation and declaring His mighty acts? And young people, are you declaring and praising God's works to your parents? It's back and forth and back and forth, one generation to another. That is God's plan. If you negate passing on truth and the doctrine of Yahweh to the next generation, the authorized voice in your children's life will be replaced by the enemy's long-term strategy to alter our divine DNA and abort our inheritance. That is the winds of doctrine that I spoke about, that I'm speaking about now. The winds of doctrine blowing in and out through the airwaves, through the earbuds, through the uh, nightclubs, in the kid's car. Like I said, I hear them as, we're, as I come out the office and they're going to gym or to uh, soccer. I hear these songs from these guys and they're blasphemous. And the kids are beating and jolin' and chilling to these beats. <laughs> I don't know when chill got introduced to the world, but in my day, it meant cold. When Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments, he was referring to the commandments of God that he'd already given us in the Torah. It's our responsibility to ensure that these commandments dwell richly in our children so that they can distinguish between the holy and profane, life and death, good and evil. So I'd like to show you now two examples of heresy, intentional profanity, and theology gone wrong according to the winds of doctrine. Look at these two examples. I hope you're somewhere praying. Sounds good, right? Your soul is changing. Sounds real good. Change Love, bitch, Me humble, sit down, be humble, sit up. down. What did we just see here? What is the deception? And how does God see this? Just like the enemy did with Eve, he masquerades as an angel of light. Genesis 3, 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, delight to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took from its fruit and ate, and then she gave to her husband, and he ate it. Genesis 3, 6, why did she do that? You say, well, if I was Eve, I wouldn't have done that. Ah, eh, no. (laughs) You would say, I am not the one. Yes, you would have been. So what did we see? Genesis 3, 6. Highlight this in your Bibles. When the woman saw the tree was good for food. It was good for food. Hey, I'm starving. It was a delight to the eyes. It's pretty. It's beautiful. God created it. It should be great. And it was desirable to make one wise. Hey, it's good for me to be an artist. It's a delight to the eyes, and it will make me wise and popular, and have lots of money and two hundred fifty-four million followers. He, I want to be famous. I want to be an artist. I want to be proud. So let's look at Keisha. The deception with Keisha was that the song is an album inspired by UFO sightings. When she says praying, who's she praying to? She references the fact that God is love. And elusive the Bible, but does she reverence Yahweh? And what God is she talking about is love. Do you know that Lucifer or Satan or the enemy can transpose himself as an angel of light and beauty and good food and desirable to the eye and making you wise, which is why all these people are where they are. Because they don't know Yahweh, they know Him. And they also believe that He has been hard done by because He's good. They think He's good, they start out thinking He's good, and so they worship Him, not Yeshua. Yeshua is a bad boy in their terminology. In this video, if you look closer, there was symbolism laced with satanic meaning, bestiality, transgender issues, human sacrifice and rituals, and mind control. (coughs) She is seen with a crown of thorns on her head, wings on her back, a mockery of Yahweh, Sabaoth, the Lord of angelic hosts. And at the end, if you notice, she walks on water. Don't take my word for it. Your own research. Okay, let's look at Lamar. The first line in Lamar's song actually is, Nobody pray for me. His song title refers to being humble. God's inclination is toward humility and reverence, and he is mocking it. But God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He's dressed like a priest. A religious connotation, but the entire song is filled with swear words in each line. The Lord's Supper is mocked. The fire on their heads is an imitation of the tongues of fire coming upon each disciple in the book of Acts. (coughs) There's such profanity and anger in this song. But it's packaged as if it's a harmless, as if it's harmless, and it's about being humble. The music is dissonant and the beats are hypnotic. How many of you listen to this song on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. One brave confession over here. Sweetheart afterwards will come and cast it out. But I'm telling you. It is a mockery to God, it is profanity, it is perverse. And we need to stand up to it and know the difference. So what is our hope and what is our answer? With so many voices, opinions, agendas, the music blaring 24 hours a day. People hear this stuff. They come to church for two hours. For half an hour we sing worship music and you just stand there. Can't engage because you're so infiltrated by what's out there. I am. Out there is infiltrating you. And it says, oh my God, but what else do we do? Let's create our own We are creating our own. We are trying to create our own from the heavenly portals of God and so that we can be a voice and let him be glorified, not the devil, not Satan, not demons, not these people who believe in aliens, in perverseness. And we allow that in our homes and we say we worship God. We say all I have I give to you, right? I surrender all, except Lamar. I surrender all, except my trap music. I surrender all, but don't touch my alcohol. Turn with me, which brings me to the last point, the ancient paths. God wants us to follow His way. And He's ancient because He started this whole thing. He started you. He created you. He started this whole mess and turned it into a message. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Jeremiah 6.16. Jeremiah, I hear your beautiful pages turning. It's some music to my ears. Better than Lamar and Keisha for sure. Turn with me to Jeremiah 6.16. Thus saith the Lord. Can you read it with me? Stand by the way and see and ask for the ancient paths. Where the good way is and walk in it. Okay, everybody, I think you're there. Verse 16, read with me. Thus says the Lord, let me hear you. Stand by the way and see and ask for the ancient paths. Where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. How many of you need rest for your souls? (coughs) Carry on. But they said we will not walk in it we will not why oh it's too boring what it's not relevant what i don't understand it what we will not in the bible reading this week i told you fifteen twenty-one, matthew and by this you invalidate the word of god for the sake of your tradition We'd rather follow what is good, acceptable, and delight to the eyes. Good versus God. In translating, in transitioning Israel from what was good to what was God, Yahweh said, you shall have no other gods before me. In Exodus 23, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not have Kendrick and uh, Keisha and Lamar and Justin Bieber. They are not gods. You should have not them before me. I am the Lord your God. Worship me, worship me in spirit and in truth. All right, but let me tell you, ask you this. Many people have questioned me in the God we serve. And here's the question. Is he so arrogant that he wants to be the only God in our lives? Have any of you ever heard that before? People ask you, well, why is God so arrogant? Is he so insecure that he needs all the attention? Have you heard that before? Have you heard, why should all the worship go to Him and Him alone? Have you heard that question before? Why, why, why? Well, here's my response. And it will be seen in the following example. Now, a light plugged into a socket Will turn on, but is a socket arrogant because it's the only way the lamp turns on when it's plugged in. Everybody, look up here. To see the light going on. Is this arrogant? Are you arrogant? Are you insecure? Because the only way we're going to be able to turn this light on is if we plug it into you. here. The light is on. (laughs) If we take the light out out and try to plug it in our ear or plug it into our meal or plug it into Lamar is it going to turn on? No. So the next big move is to make sure we are really plugged into Yahweh and to do it His way. To do it His way. I can tell you He is not arrogant, He is not prideful, He is not insecure. God knows when we praise Him, there's a divine exchange, and He made it that way. He gave us the manual on His works. Some of you are familiar with what I'm going to share, but most of you are not. It's highlighted in my book, The Great Connection. If you haven't read this book, you need to read this book, and I wish it wasn't mine, because I would tell you it's the best book ever on praise and worship. But it's my book, so I can't tell you that. Because <laughs> I might be arrogant. But when you see the word praise in your Bible, it may be one of seven Hebrew words which is translated praise. And I have a card here which has these Hebrew words on it and seven times a day. And you need to get them in the bookstore. And I think Milton was saying there's a special on these, out the album. The great connection and the, the, the bookmark so that you can know the ways, the ancient paths. Not say, I won't walk in it. Say, no, God, I want to know what it is. I want to walk in it. I want to be like you. I want to act like you. I want to do everything you say to do. I want to go back to my original intent. The ancient paths. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So anyway, we're going to quickly go through those Hebrew words because thank you, uh, light and socket. We're going to quickly go through this. And I want you to understand and to know and to be able to do. How many of you know the seven Hebrew words, which I'm going to talk about? How many of you do not know the seven Hebrew words? Raise your hand really high. Great. It's over half. All right. So we are going to learn the seven Hebrew words that are translated one word praise in, the, in your Bible. So the first Hebrew word is Yada, And by definition... It is to hold out the hand, physically to throw at or away, especially to revere or worship with extended or moving hands. In Psalm 45, verse 17, the people shall yada you forever. The people shall yada you forever. So I want everybody to stand up. And I want you to yada. Say yada. Yada means hand to God. Everybody, yada, together. Let's go. You see, so when the worship leader says, yada, that means everybody in one accord praise him with moving hands. He loves that. The Lord inhabits the praise of his people. Get a picture of that. Get a picture of the congregation praising together. Put it on the screen. Everybody move. That's it. You see. Know that one. That is what God loves. All right. The second Hebrew word is tawda or toda, which is also to God, but it's to extend the hands. Adoration, especially of a choir of worshipers, which is you actually. A sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving and offering. A sacrifice. It's what Jonah did when he was in the belly of the whale. He sacrificed when it says he praised God. He towed God. He gave a sacrifice. Two times to praise God when you feel like it when you. Then you bring a sacrifice upon the altar of God. Do you think any animal felt like dying for those people? No. Did Jesus Christ feel like dying? No. It's about obedience. Tauda. Psalm 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with Toda, Thanksgiving. Now, there was a lady that was in the balcony. And she was in our service, in the, and she was saying, and we were singing Yahweh. Yeshua HaMashiach appeared to her. She said Jesus appeared to her. She told no one because it was so awesome, and she was a little bit afraid. However, upon her return to Kenya, the bus she was traveling on <clears throat> was headed for a collision. Then all the passengers began screaming and saying, we're going to die. We're going to die. And as she saw them and approaching the collision, she cried out, Jesus, I saw you in church. I saw you in church. You can save me. And immediately she found herself outside the bus, overlooking the carnage of the bus crash. All but three of them were killed instantly. And the other two, with the exception of her, lost limbs. She was unharmed because of the encounter and the connection that she made in worship here. The manifest presence of God. Okay, the third Hebrew word, again, it's on this card, do you want to get one, called Shabak, And it means to address in a loud tongue. <laughs> be quiet no it's gonna there's gonna be times of quiet but it's gonna also be noisy because God deserves the praise and he has said Shabbat Do you know they Shabbat and they shouted when the when uh, the walls of Jericho fell down if they wouldn't have shouted they may still be up today so of you need to shout at the enemy in your life you need to shout at God so on the count of three I want to hear one more Shabbat one two three yeah. Say Shabbat. Now you know Shabbat. Say Shabbat. Shabbat. The next Hebrew word is Zamar. And it's to touch the strings, parts of musical instruments. It's worship with instruments. Instruments aren't carried over in the New Testament. That's exactly what it means. Listen to the presence of God. It creates atmosphere, and God knows that. (laughs) You were created not to live in that. I didn't say it was wrong (laughs) yet, but you were created to live in the presence of God with your voice, with your hands, with the sound of instrumentation. Hallelujah. Okay, the next Hebrew word is Barak, and it means to kneel to bless God as an act of adoration. Bless. Bless. Whenever you bless someone. Bless. whenever you see the word blessed, we're supposed to be giving blessings to our children and to each other. When you see the word blessed, it actually means literally on your knees. And the, the Hebrew uh, word for um, worship is shaka, which is to prostrate in homage to, to royalty or God to fall down flat. So listen to me, whenever you see the word worship, and when we sing worship, The Hebrew, literal Hebrew and Greek, actually means on your knees. Now I can tell you, there is a spirit, spiritual atmosphere of humility that comes into a corporate setting when we all get on our knees. And when we have worship nights, that's when we find it the easiest because it takes time to get to this intimacy, just like it takes time for a man to woo a woman. Well, it should take time for them to be intimate. Hallelujah. You may stand. Next Hebrew word is tahila. Say tahila. And the definition is praise, a song of spontaneous laudation to celebrate with song, from Hala, a hymn to the spirit. Now that is almost like sometimes in tongues. That's where we get prophetic songs. It's another level of worship we go to. Tahila. It's the kind God inhabits, according to Psalm 22 verse three. You're enthroned upon the tahila. And again, it's not tequila. But to some people, it's the same effect to feel connected to a spirit, not a spirit wine spirit, a spirit, the spirit of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Tequila. The last Hebrew word is halal. Say halal. And it means to be clear. To shine, to make a show, to boast, to be clamorously foolish. Psalm 22, verse 22 says, I declare thy name to my brethren in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. I will halal you. I will halal you in the midst of the congregation. In the midst. No, no, no. We want the lights. I don't know. We want the lights dark so nobody can see what we're doing. No, he wants them bright so everybody can see you halaling before God, acting clamorously, foolish with light, with joy, with praise, with worship. God, not afraid, not ashamed. I am not ashamed. See, and some of you look at me like, ah, no. That is not my personality. <coughs> okay, Find me a scripture that talks about your personality. When God gives a command. It, is it personal? Is it a personality that says you should forgive? Well, some people have more forgiving personalities, right? What about giving of your finance? Some people have more giving genes than I do. I have stingy genes, you know, coming from my family. <laughs> okay, so where's my dancers on the count three? We're going to show you halal, then you're going to do it. Halal is where you get halal, luya. You halal. To God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Halal, Halla, To God. That's a command. And you say, Hallelujah, and you go like this. Hallelujah. Then you sing like this. Seven times a day do I praise thee. Do I praise thee. Hallelujah. Seven times a day do I praise thee. I will I praise thee. I cannot hold it any longer. I cannot keep it to myself. The love you give is true. It's truly wondrous. Now listen, husbands, if you spoke to your wife like that, I love you, baby. What the heck? (laughs) Okay, on the count of three, halal. One, two, three, halal. Okay, your turn. One, two, three. Three. Holla! Woo! Yes! Holla! Yes! That's not so hard. Now listen, hey, that is for our God, that is for your Creator, that's for your Father. Let's plug into the light because he knows when you do that, something supernatural happens. There's a light that goes on. There's a shine that happens. There's something that actually is happening. And you see, I wanted you to look with me at 2 Chronicles 20 because I want you to understand that that what they did, just pick up your Bible, stay standing, pick up your Bibles and look at 2 Chronicles 20 quickly. I want to show you some things and then we are going to do it for our God. Hallelujah, 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 and your response determines your response determines your destiny, and there needs to be a whole lot more amen and hallelujah when people are preaching something that is very passionate to you. Ha- amen, amen, in the balcony, amen, amen. Oh yeah, there should be a lot of noise coming from there in affirmation. Second <laughs> Chronicles twenty. Verse 13, now listen, there was a war, there was a good king named um, Jehoshaphat, and he established reforms, he instituted reforms, he was against bribery, he encouraged the people to fear God, be faithful, follow Yahweh, and after he instituted reforms, then there was an, ar- an army of enemy. <laughs> who came to him, Moab and Ammon, to make war against him. And they had to make the big move. They had to make the next big move. Now let's see what that was. (coughs) All Judah was standing before the Lord, and their infants and wives and their children. King Jehoshaphat was there. There's King Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, skinny. Uh, no, Jehoshaphat. And he was. <laughs> all Judah was standing before the Lord, the Lord with her infants, wives, and children. And then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, the Levite, the sons of Asaph. Now listen, your heritage is important. Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Josephat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. (coughs) The battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. (laughs) Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jerusalem, and you need not fight in this battle, station yourselves, station yourselves, station yourselves. Station yourselves and stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear, O celebration, or be dismayed. Tomorrow... Go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. So Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground. Doesn't sound like Barak? He made a big move. In front of everybody, he bowed down. He wasn't afraid or ashamed. And Judah and the inhabitants of Israel fell down before the Lord worshiping. They did shaka. They worshiped. They fell down and worshiped. and the sons of the Kohites and the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise. And you can circle. Praise was halal. Halal. They They stood up to praise. 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 It says... Clear to shine to make a show to boast to be clamorously foolish. They halal. That was the word in there. They, they stood up to halal. They were halaling. Can you halal? They were halaling. The next big move, they stood and halal. Because they understand. They halaled him in with a very loud voice. A loud voice. A loud voice. should look at this, they rose early in the morning and they weren't late for church. They went out to the wilderness of Tekoa and when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord. He appointed those who praised and halaled. He appointed them to halal. He appointed them. He appointed them. Now listen. He appointed them to halal. Now let me tell you. As a congregation, some of the people that are here are appointed to appoint you. To raise your hands and yada. It's a biblical pattern to get everyone in one accord. Halal, halal, yada, everybody, yada, yada. There's a reason. An appointment, command for the next big move. And then he appointed the army that went before to give thanks and yada for his loving kindness is everlasting when they began to sing and praise god to heal remember to is not tequila but it's the kind of praise god inhabits the lord sent ambushes on the enemy where's my enemy there's my enemy When they began praising God, the Lord, the Lord, they began fighting each other. You can read the rest later. And they won, and they were fine because they did it God's way. They praised God according to his plan and pa- purpose and his pattern. Why is there so many churches around the world, and we're still seeing the evil overcome? Sometimes we're not praising according to his pattern. And we're going to praise in this church according to his pattern his principle. And there is, look, I just want you to look at one more video. Just look at this, stay standing because now we're gonna praise God. Look at this. There is a fight for your soul. There's a fight for your body. And I remember right before I performed, I
1: raised my hands up. Put your hands up in the know everybody.
0: Up. Let me see your hands up in the air. there is a fight for your hands lift those hands to God there is a fight for your voice sing those praise to God there is a fight a nightclub and shake your booty there to dance before God he created you to praise him and it is in the New Testament Zephaniah 317 says the Lord your God in your midst is a victorious warrior he will exult over you with joy he'll be quiet in his love and he will rejoice over you he will ghoul over you ghoul is the next Hebrew word which means spin spin around in a violent emotion of joy okay so this is the altar of God God wants an emotional experience you should love the Lord your God with all your heart soul, might might means vehemence, holy, utterly marked by exertion, force, passion and intense not Hallelujah. all right so come forward and let's praise God. Come to the altar. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.